You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado, and you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. Grace, peace, and mercy are yours from the triune God. As we all know, every good sermon starts with a totally random Google search. (laughs) This week it was, how many kinds of dance are there in the world? Though I did not pass up the chance to procrastinate by opening tabs for how many kinds of dogs are there, how many characters in Smash Ultimate, because what is Smash Ultimate? And how many kinds of cheese in lasagna? I also went down a rabbit hole of dancing animals, which include cockatoos, bees, spiders, and all of which ironically did end up applying to the sermon. But dance in general was my main goal, and I found hundreds, of course. Ballet and waltz, tap, swing and belly, jitterbug, two-step and tango, and of course the vaguely colonial categories of indigenous, traditional, and cultural folk. Now of these many forms of dance, I know approximately three. Dancing alone in one's kitchen, the electric slide, And whatever dance you can manage to do when you're crammed in with a bunch of queers at Charlie's at 2 a.m. on a Friday night. Which is to say, I'm not a very good dancer. Once when I was 17, I was wandering around Central Park in New York City in the summertime. There was a dance troupe offering an open dance lesson on one of the plazas. Anyone who walked by and wanted to, could join. So, being myself, I joined in the front row and tried to follow the moves. And now listen, don't feel bad for me when I tell you this next part because my self-esteem has since recovered. But when they saw me dance, they moved me to the back. Embarrassing teenage situations aside, dance is one of the rare things that only humans do in abundance. And in response to every kind of emotion and situation we encounter. Animals also dance, as I learned, but for very particular reasons. The bees dance to give directions to their sisters about where to find the best pollen. Spiders and birds dance to attract mates. And the cockatoo, uh, well, the cockatoo likes to dance to Backstreet Boys. So there's an exception to any rule, and I do encourage you to Google that one. (laughs) Humans do these things too, but one of the most powerful ways we dance is in resistance. We dance to resist oppression, slavery discrimination, violence, 
and anything that robs us of the abundant life promised to us by God. We dance not in spite of, but because of. That is our promise. It's no accident that safe havens for gay and queer folks are Fire Island dance clubs. It's no accident that martial training for Brazilian slaves took the form of capoeira. It's no accident that a southern black woman known as the Queen Bee danced on a football field owned by white men and called her ladies to get in formation before raising black fists over black berets. And yes, I do take every opportunity to reference Beyonce in any sermon. It's no accident that the New Zealand Maori dance the haka before going to vanquish their enemies and protect their families. It's no accident that dancers are hired for funerals in Ghana to dance the beloved to their graves. At the beginning of every sermon here at house, whoever is preaching offers you a blessing from the triune God. Now I know that sounds like a sharp left turn in the sermon, but stick with me. There is a quality used by super nerdy theologians <laughs> to describe the Trinity, perichoresis. Perichoresis from the Greek, which means turning and also revolution. Cosmic rotation, continuation, extension. Perichoresis, which is the process of making room for another around oneself or to extend oneself round about. In divine Trinitarian perichoresis, when one weeps, the other tastes salt. When one laughs, the other's belly loosens. And when one dances, the other sing. The Trinity, the persons of God, the nature of the divine is and always has been a dance. It is a dance of creation, merciful love, and endless longing and reaching for the other. Ultimate reality is not a static watchmaker on a throne, is not a distant parent who rarely calls and checks in. Ultimately, ultimate reality is a wild and worthy dance of three. One is too lonely. Two is self-referential. But three is always changing and always looking to include one more. The Trinity is often referred to as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and more recently as Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer. But for me, the truest expression of this wild, holy dance is, I'm sorry, my heart is super charmed by this little one. No, stay. <laughs> we need her voice. <sighs> For me, the truest expression of the wild holy dance, in addition to the sound of babies, is lover, beloved, and love overflowing between. Which brings us to Mary and her baby.
Mary, she with a body impacted physically by poverty, discrimination, and violence. She who is told that another body will be coming through hers to be impacted by poverty, discrimination, and violence. She in a woman's body told that God herself is incarnating into this dark world through her, that God will come through her as a fierce man of great tenderness who will face crushing forces of physical oppression. Mary, who knows too well the pain of the world, who is told of this and who sings. Mary, who runs to her friend, also impossibly pregnant with incarnation, with a being who leaps and dances inside of her in the face of surprise and fear. Mary, who sings in response to the dance. Holy, wise, courageous Mary, who invites us, the whole incarnate physical world, full of difficulty, anxiety, worry, death, and loss, all of this invited into the life of the Trinity, the dancing heart of God. Mary, companion by wisdom, who herself is a dancer more mobile than any motion, irresistible and vulnerable and penetrating through all spirits. Companioned by Elizabeth, who shouts with her outside voice, direct translation from the Greek. (laughs) Blessed are you amongst women, Mary, blessed are you, who brings the dance. Often Mary is depicted as wonderfully meek, a maiden, a virgin, inexperienced and naive in the world, gentle beyond imagining, and a submissive recipient of the seed of God. But Mary lived in a world where political tyrants forced the migrant homeless to walk hundreds of miles for a census or to flee hundreds of miles in the other direction from violence only to die of thirst in a for-profit border detention center. Mary may have been all those things, meek, naive, young, and a virgin, but she and Elizabeth were also strong, powerful, and pregnant with wisdom. A wisdom against which evil could never prevail. Her song is a song of resistance and reversal of the orders of the day. A song once banned in British rule India for its power to incite revolution. A song also banned in 1980s Guatemala for the same reason. A song worthy of dance. For Mary knows and is singing to us that this perichoresis is no everyday waltz. Her song is a terrifying capoeira of liberation. Her song is Robin in a gay bar in New York City. Her song is Beyonce in South Africa singing for Mandela in a dress like a tropical flower and renewing all things, pervading and penetrating all that would oppress. Her song is the inbreaking, indwelling, holy relationship between all beings of creation and her song is the music for the dance of God in us. 
Advent is a delicate time of hope in darkness, and we are in darkness. But Advent is the time when just a little light or a little song about a lot of light is enough to bring the whole world to its knees. Though Mary could not have known what was to come, something in her broke out in spontaneous song and liberating prophecy. She didn't just speak her fierce hope, but she sang, and she sang loud. She sang a song that echoes through time and continues to frighten tyrants and oppressors even today. Mary with her yes to incarnation, and her song is inviting us into the ultimate reality of God, which is not oppression or even mindless obedience, but an endless, endless dance. And what do we need to dance? A body, first and foremost. Then usually a good dress and some dancing shoes. And finally... A song, music that echoes in our heart, invites us into the dancing life of God and sets us free once and for all. Amen, and may it be so. You have been listening to the sermon podcast for House for All Sinners and Saints. If you like what you've been hearing and would like to support the ongoing ministry of our church, just go to our website, www.houseforall.org, and click on Give.